Hi everyone, Anthony Fantano here, Internet's Busiest Music Nerd, and thank you for listening into a new episode of the Needle Drop Podcast, our weekly interview podcast where we talk to artists, fellow content creators, and musicians, creators of various sorts, and in this episode, we have producer, songwriter, and singer himself, Mr. Clarence Clarity, who's come out with one of my favorite I don't know, I guess experimental R&B, experimental pop records of this year titled No Now. Reviewed it far earlier this year. Really loved it. Still jamming it to this day. Uh, Mr. Clarity, thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Appreciating the support. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. I just just really wanted to ask you this question. Um, Mm. in, In recently listening to your new record, because every single time I listen to it, I just sort of hear new little hidden sonic bits that i didn't catch last time i I just want to sort of get out there in the clear so you did you did all the vocals on this record yeah yeah and everything's me yeah okay so you did all the production on this record and you wrote all the songs on this record yeah you're a fucking madman dude (laughs) uh yeah i'll take that as a compliment i think yeah i don't know uh it's the only way I seem to be able to work. I mean, I'm recent, only recently been trying to get more into collaboration since I've sort of finished the, that epic piece, whatever the hell you want to call the album. But like, um, but yeah, at that time, it just is the only way I could work doing everything myself. So, and again, this just, is your de- this is your debut record, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done, I've, I mean, I've had sort of other projects in the past that I've, you know I haven't particularly gone as far as i might like but i mean this is the first proper record that i've done yeah know, i guess like myself. a commercial yeah, yeah commercial release yeah, yeah um you know what sort of possesses you or sort of makes you uh, uh i guess <laughs> really pile the tracks on because this thing is an hour long it's 20 tracks and we have you know not only tracks that are kind of in my opinion just like alternative pop mm. bangers but then we've got these like really strange collages and soundscapes that uh seem like they sample bits of the other songs uh, kind of just weaving it all together yeah, uh, even, yeah. The, even the stranger moments seem uh very obviously connected to the more accessible moments in some way good yeah i mean you seem to be one of the people that really gets it which is which is amazing but uh, a lot of people i think they just see it as this overblown thing for the sake of it um mm. uh, it was never really like that. I think I wouldn't say I necessarily planned for it to be 20 tracks. Um, I think I was just trying to get together as much material as I could at one point and you just, you know, filter it down just into something coherent. But um, there's just one day that I sort of, when I was getting near what I felt was the end and I turned around, it's like, well, this kind of works. This sounds good to me. I mean, I still edited stuff out there's still like you know there'll be another at least another 10 songs that no one will ever hear but Mm. um yeah it just made it made sense to me and then i think maybe i was at about 17 tracks or something like that and at that point i said well what does it need and i deliberately sort of honed in on making some new tracks that would like make the picture complete and then there's the track in the middle of silence but there's other stuff going on in that that you can't hear. And then, I don't know, just rounded off at a nice 20 tracks. It just felt, felt nice. I don't know. Uh, I, I appreciate you sort of <laughs> impl- implying that I get this album in some kind of way. Uh, <laughs> well, because, because really, because really at the, yeah. r- really at the end of the day, I feel like I don't get any of it. 
uh, I guess, which is, well, I guess, I guess it's the fact that it's so confusing and so intriguing that kind of, you know, keeps me coming, coming back to it. Um, you know, I, I just kind of feel like what, one thing that I like about this record, uh, uh, and that's not only reflected in the track listing that you were talking about, but also just the density of a lot of these songs, just the uh, the layers and layers and layers of uh, samples, I'm sure, as well as like, you know, original synthetic, you know, keyboard yeah. stuff and your vocal layering. It's all just so maximal and it just kind of seems like there there's i mean obviously there is but uh it, it just kind of seems like there's no point at which you just say stop you know like okay this song is done <laughs> uh, it's it kind of seems like these are the sorts of tracks that have like maybe 10 or 15 drafts before we get the actual final version um kind of i mean i don't have a demo phase or anything like that so you're just kind of like continually yeah, just working you know, on the I'll, same track and yeah, this like kind of it'll just go through various different levels of completion. But sure. I mean I do I definitely know when I'm done with a song. Um mm. it, I know when it feels finished to me. Um I just think by other people's standards that seems to be a lot it, everything comes across a lot more busy when in my head it'll make sense. But um I don't know, I mean it's all part of the process, I guess, in the way I work is in, I mean, it's quite self-indulgent. I'll admit that. Like I, I do it for the moment that I'm making it. And mm. I'm sure like most creative people probably find, especially with music or whatever, like, uh, you, you do keep adding because you're trying to keep it interesting for yourself. And, um, you probably when you don't need to, and that, that's just, I don't know. I, maybe I've stressed about that in the past and would be like, no, no, keep it simple. I don't ever do it. But, I, I think with this music, I just, I just go for it, and I still know when it's done. So, I just, I just enjoy enjoy making it, and then then draw a line under it when I feel like that, that there's no more like room a, for it to go anywhere else. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how every track sort of feels. Uh, yeah. At least, at least a majority of them. Like, there's no room for anything <laughs> for anything else to happen. I think that, that's just what. I think the whole thing is meant to be not in any real specific sense, but just a reflection of uh, how I look at life in general. Like, it always feels, and especially the internet, what, whatever the hell we're becoming <laughs> with the internet, it's like it is just intense. Everything coming at you from all angles, and it's just meant to have it's just mirror that a bit. I think. I, I think it also maybe unintentionally sort of mirrors that kind of temptation in the modern age for music artists, especially self producers like yourself mm. who that temptation to always add something, take something out, switch something out is always there because really at the, at the end of the day, all you're really spending is your own time. You know, yeah. uh, you're, you're, you're not, you know, sort of on somebody else's dime in a really expensive studio that's charging a certain amount of money per hour to do yeah. all of this. I mean, this is, this is all sort of at your own leisure. Yeah, and outside of uh, you know the context of the band of a band, there's no there's no compromise, there's no limitations of another musician or something, or even your own to some extent anymore. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can play a bunch of instruments, but if I'm think if I want a, a sax solo or something, I'm going to pull it in from somewhere else, and maybe I'll remold it and chop it up into a thousand different bits or whatever. But yeah, there, there are no lim limitations in any sense, so. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's no wonder we all fall down that rabbit hole of like 
that, that band formula that you were just referring to is that is that something that you've worked in yourself with with other people yeah yeah definitely i mean i think i like to think maybe i don't know exactly how it manifests but maybe that does give me a certain i don't know push me in a slightly different place than maybe a lot of sort of bedroom producers that have just come up like making dubstep or whatever like not to speak ill about or whatever but like just that headspace where you never know any different like well, I'm not, I'm not so much curious about how it influences you mm. sort of as far as the actual music that we're hearing on the record, but uh, is, is there something about uh, doing that in your past and your history that sort of uh, pushed you to doing something in more of a solo capacity? Like, do you just get more gratification out mm. of, you know, sort of only working with your own ideas and kind of just pushing yourself to the to the limits that you could push yourself? Yeah, that's probably it. It's just... Just the no compromise, I guess, is what interests me. Is compromise me. like a dirty word with you? A little bit? No, not necessarily. I think you know, like the reason this whole that re- this record is so overblown is because I just I threw everything into it, and it almost is a bit of an experiment. And like, if this was just all me, what would it sound like? Like every idea came from my head, and including like a lot of the artwork and everything. It's just it's one vision, mm. and especially in the current climate of saying pop music. Definitely, I mean. You know, there's so many people involved in a pop record now and it's just you don't really know what you're listening to anymore um you don't know who did what and with this record that is just it's just me um and it's not to yeah. say that i necessarily have to work like that or I'll work like that moving forward but yeah and it seemed like the right thing to do at the time speaking about pop music i mean while this is a really experimental and uh, a very dense and sort of purposefully overblown record uh in a lot of ways it is a pop record as well and and even though a lot of these tracks do feel filled to the brim you definitely leave space open for a lot of these hooks and and melodies to breathe Mm -hmm. uh you know how do you sort of find that balance between you know, really overloading these tracks, but also making sure that the the songs are kind of readable. And and maybe uh, even though I enjoy the record to death, uh, maybe they're not as readable as they could be. Because I remember you know really being put off by the record when I first heard it, mm. and uh, maybe sort of being intrigued by the album art. But then when I got to my sort of second, third listen through, uh, kind of just all the the noise was clearing for me in my head, and I was finally sort of translating the album to myself. Uh, so even though it was a little difficult at first, um, the songs are certainly still there and, 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 and they're very audible. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, I mean, structurally, I think most of the songs are just verse chorus arrangements. There's nothing particularly clever going on. Um, and that's deliberate. I mean, I think I wanted to keep some things simple and straightforward to hopefully allow enough room for the, the more interesting ideas or, you know, I don't know, experimental maybe, I guess, I don't know. But um, uh, I guess in the process of of recording and and from a technical standpoint, I might build a track up, um, put a vocal in, and then start taking stuff away to sort of make room for it. And it becomes a bit of a sort of ice sculpture that I'm chipping away at until it becomes something recognisable as hopefully something digestible. (laughs) But... um, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, well, I I think what you were saying there with the pop song structures really makes a lot of sense because uh, with everything 
on this record being so dense and, and really difficult, it kind of seems like you've got to stick to at least this one simple idea or else it would just all, yeah, exactly. would really, there would really be no stop to any of it. I mean, I did, I did try and have a, uh, a fair, a consistent sort of palette of sound. I mean, it might've been quite a big palette, but, um, mm. I did start out with some rules and deliberate limitations that I wanted to set for myself. Cause I knew that like when I get in the zone, I go off on one, but I had to sort of have these, a few walls. I mean, most of the drum sounds the same. There's not that many, for example. Mm. Um, there's reoccurring sort of harps and synths and I don't know. Like, it, I feel like it might not come across on yeah the first listen. I can't really expect it to. but And maybe it's almost on a subliminal level, but over a few listens, it should feel like you're always in the same world. Even if it is busy and it's intense, you're in the same nightmare. So... Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, I think that's exactly how it, becomes, it feels. It becomes a familiar nightmare. Then maybe you know, it's just it's all right. It's just just another night dreaming, you know. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's that's a really accurate uh, uh, <laughs> description because I mean, uh, I, I can't say that there's any one or two particular sounds that even in all of my listens to the record that I'm like, oh, that's the same exact sound I heard, you know, several tracks earlier. But uh, subliminally, yeah, it does all kind of read as being from the same strange place. And then with the last track kind of, you know, sounding like as if it's just a reference to the first track that just loops right back oh, yeah, into yeah, the start. Yeah. And it just kind of seems like... And it just kind of seems like the nightmare is just uh, just ever going. Like, if you wanted to, you could just loop this album forever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just meant to be a bit of a nod to, like... Well, I think that you can interpret it on a few levels, but almost like this Groundhog Day style, just constant repetition of life in general. <laughs> or, you know, you could, you could get a bit you know, more fancy in reincarnation and all that kind of thing. And I did try and have a few sort of elements of of that and, and maybe some lyrical themes and so, I don't know but um yeah no I, th I mean the, just the idea of infinity infinitely inspires me so um mm -hmm. uh, yeah it felt quite quite right to somehow weave that into the the, the like, almost literal sort of fabric of the record <laughs> um yeah uh, you, okay, so you know we're talking about a lot of sonic themes on the record. You kind of reference the lyrical themes on the record, which is maybe the most confusing and just unknown realm to me of this record. I mean, I find myself singing along to a lot of the songs, but you know, do I have any sort of you know like even semblance of an idea as to what I'm singing along to? Really, I don't. Uh. Really, I have no idea. Like, what are we trying to say with cancer in the water? I'm not sure. You know, are we, are, is, is it something incredibly abstract or are we literally talking about the populace being poisoned with water? Are we talking like some, some tinfoil hat type shit? Uh, I mean, that one in particular is relatively straightforward, actually. I mean, that, that's just, uh, it's flying over uh, my head. So please enlighten <laughs> me. Well, no, it's just because of the way that I think I form, like the structure of the the lines that I form and the mm. odd sort of rhyming couplets and things like that. But I don't know. I, maybe it's just yeah, it's the way I, I use the language or something confuses people. Well, I, mean, I mean, that one, for example, it does, I guess it has two layers to some extent with the yeah the poisoning of the, the population or whatever, or just you know fluoride in the water, that kind of thing. Like, oh, what mm -hmm. if they were putting cancer in it? Blah blah blah, blah that kind of thing. But um. And then the other side of it is just a more personal sort of level of uh, bereavement and wanting to 
take revenge for my suffering on everyone else by putting cancer in the water. That's, <laughs> but that's that's pretty dark. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's, it's art. You know. Run, no, I understand. Run, run it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 not you know it's not a manifesto. Is no, what you're no, saying. No, 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 no. Okay. I, don't, I mean, I don't have the resources. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know. I'm not handing this off to the police or anything after we're done recording this. So, <laughs> uh, so don't know, worry just, about just it. Just that tap, like just channeling into like a real pure kind of anger or whatever, and then that doubled with what's like meant to be a sort of uplifting gospel track. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, the funniest part about that is that the song sounds so uplifting. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, that's just the idea, just slamming extremes together and seeing what happens. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that one's kind of is in a dark way, I guess. You know, so that's about as dark as it gets, really. I mean, a lot of the stuff is just more existential crisis like constantly <laughs> mm -hmm. um yeah i mean probably have and also i mean I'm, i am quite abstract about it to some extent i tend to like, approach it as if they're little fragments of dreams or, or nightmares perhaps yeah um and uh i don't i don't overthink lyrics i tend to just let them come into my head when i'm after i've finished things instrumentally and um yeah it's just well, now, now that you're sort of stating that and kind of referencing the obvious, you know, tip of the hat toward uh, very heavenly sort of religious music on that track, I mean, uh, uh, and maybe some of these <laughs> kind of, uh, I guess, maybe large, somewhat conspiratorial ideas, but sort of conspiratorial in jest, mm. uh, you know, is, is there anything sort of uh, deeper behind those themes sort of that are expressed on tracks like the gospel truth or during lyrical lines, like when you're singing about uh, the witch house and the reptiles and the Catholics and so on and so forth. Well, that, that one, I mean, um, meadow hopping traffic yeah. stop in death splash is, um, that one was almost meant to be a, a nod to conspiracy theories as entertainment. Uh, mm. It's just, just become more YouTube fodder. It's like, shall I watch like Breaking Bad or I could watch like some another nine eleven conspiracy thing. <laughs> it's, like, it's I mean not I don't necessarily mean me personally, but like um yeah, to the point where it has just diffused what could be some quite interesting points maybe at one stage, but uh, I don't know, just everything's open to ridicule from both sides and it's like, no one really knows what the hell's going on anymore. And maybe that's the idea, the whole sort of level of confusion and all that sort of thing. Well, I, I think it kind of adds to the theme that you were talking about earlier about how, uh, you know, you feel like the music reflects just how overwhelming internet culture is. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds, my music t is meant to in some ways sound like my reaction to just, yeah, everything flying at you through a screen and mm. just all the graphics everywhere and all the interaction and uh, the screen scrolling up and down and like, videos flying at you and comments flying around and opinions and judgments and all this kind of thing. It's just, yeah, uh, I think if you, you stop and think about the level of sensory overload that we all are experiencing from like, you know, the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't, yeah, so I guess that that's the essence of the music, really. And I mean the, the the project itself, from what I understand, is is consciously named after a meme. Well, I, mean, I, I honestly did not name it after that, but I just I kind of ran with it to some extent. No, I've, I've never sort of I've always said this. I didn't name it after it, but it felt kind of apt at the time. I think mm -hmm. 
was like, I was just clarity was just like this mantra I had for myself while I was writing and recording the album, just to keep focused on my initial vision and hmm. not go off track. And um, the Clarence bit. Um, maybe I came across the meme and didn't even think about it at the time. Something and it went in there. It subconsciously lodged like, itself into your head because like the Clarence thing just felt right when I, I just wanted to personify it and make it. Like, I guess you know, quite unquote. Just give it a name, a solo project or whatever. Because I didn't want it to be. Uh, I wanted to be clear it was one person behind it. So and that, that's the only reason I brought that in, really. And then then realized, I guess you know, you, you start a new project and you do your first Google search, right? Is, is anyone taking it? Is anyone taking it? And obviously yeah. the meme came up and it, it's not Clarence Clarity as such, it's sudden Clarity Clarence. So I thought oh, that was okay. all right. I mean, and who's, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not really that involved in that side of the internet, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I didn't know how big or like well known it was. I just thought, well, uh, it's, it's not very well known because that, that was sort of the thing. When I heard a music writer sort of, you know, profess that, I went to go look up the meme myself and I was like, well, this meme isn't very well known or popular if you were going to name your project after such a thing. <laughs> well, that's it, right, would, it would seem like kind of an obscure thing to reference, like yeah. something that I wouldn't even imagine your average person would even know about because in in looking them up, I could only maybe find like <laughs> maybe seven or eight of them, uh, you know, and they didn't seem very well shared or copied, you know. Well, yeah, so, so I guess, that, yeah. Yeah, that's I guess how it seemed to me, and so I just went with it and just thought, well, you know, things move so fast it'll all be forgotten about by the time I actually put any music out. Anyway, this meme that's been doing the rounds or whatever, but it seems to be hanging in there, unfortunately, and um, it does still pop up, and I get asked the question a lot, and yeah, well, I mean, I don't know, it's fine. I think now I'm starting, it's getting a little bit tedious, this idea of, I don't know, me deliberately trying to make it a thing, but... I no, I, I I hear I hear that I hear that. No, I mean honestly, like if if you type most things into the internet, there's probably a meme about them, or there was a me- there was a meme before them. But that's kind of the thing about the internet now. You can almost like type in anything, and it just kind of pops up. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so 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 talking about uh, memes a little bit, and just kind of you know your your lack of. I guess, kind of involvement and, and probably, you know, interest as well, sort of in that side of the internet, but also talking about how there are sides of the internet that, that do inspire, you know, you know, when you're talking about how you can sort of hop on YouTube and spend all day watching conspiracy theory videos or, yeah, you know, yeah. watching sort of Netflix type stuff. I mean, what, what other legs and kind of corners of the internet do you find uh, inspiring you or just kind of maybe pushing you away and, you know, just stuff that you have no interest in as far as like current internet I guess culture? The, the trap for me is just like the, the social media. Um, I don't even use it that much, but I haven't seen you post a single sandwich you've eaten or anything on your Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm utterly disappointed. Yeah, but I'm there. I'm in the background eating my sandwich. I'm just not, uh, and I'm just not posting it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that it's this conflict between this constant like refreshing of social media and w- what have I missed since two seconds ago and all that kind of thing. It's like instantaneous. I need more and I need it now. Sort of those platforms, I guess, just social media in general. I'm talking about, mm. um, and then the sort of infinite depth of knowledge that's on the internet as well. Like I'll uh, binge on science documentaries or something and like quite not particularly academic stuff necessarily, but just filling my head with all that kind of thing. And 
I don't know, like history and like these things that should have a lot more substance um, back to back with things that are totally surface level shit, you know, that you don't need to know. Um, um, what else was that? Yeah, that, that's, that's it really. I'm not like one of these people that's like, on the Silk Road or something. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really delve into the real dark. So the, this album is not about the deep web. <laughs> it's not about the deep web. Okay. I mean, I've, you know, it sounds like a potential sequel though. Yeah. I, mean, I thought it'd be interesting to put, put a record out in, in the deep web, but, um, someone done that yet. I must've done. I don't know if anybody's done that yet. Just like if you would... could put it out for free or whatever, just in there somewhere and, and just, just bury it. So, you have. I mean, the trouble is, the first person would just take it and like put it everywhere. But it'd be nice if you had to pull people in there, like some weird dark depths. Like it's the only place you can get it if it kept moving around or something. Yeah, the first the first person might share it sort of uh, on the main web, and and everybody else who went searching for it would probably end up on some kind of FBI list. Yeah, well, you know that that'd be a bit fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> it it may be. Um. So 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 is it safe to kind of say that? Uh, that you in your music, uh, this reflection that you have of how overwhelming the internet is, how it inspires your inspires your lyrics and your creative process. I mean, are you sort of more critical of this modern facet of life, or are you just kind of embodying it in some kind of way? Because it seems like uh, you're kind of hesitant towards some aspects of it, and you dislike some aspects of it, but you're also taking part in it. Yeah, I mean, it'd probably be on a case-by-case basis. I mean, I don't... It's not like I've got any particular gender against any one thing. I mean, yeah, no, it's definitely just trying to reflect it in some way. Um, but again, yeah, it's not like I've got this manifesto about my music being this this internet thing or whatever. I mean, this is just, I guess, what yeah, where we've ended up in conversation or whatever. But, um, yeah, no, I'm definitely not, like, trying to put some case against it i mean it is it is we're, we're totally absorbed by it now and it's we're probably in this in-between stage where we're one step away from some global consciousness and all that kind of thing and i mean i don't even feel fully human half the time like, it's like my real life self is sort of an avatar of my internet self or something like, it's just yeah in a funny place i think right now do you do you find it easy these days or do you sort of make time for yourself to kind of um, unplug from all of it? Or do you think, you know, for yourself personally, has it just become just a regular everyday facet of life and it's just kind of there and you accept it as being there? Yeah, probably the latter. I mean, I do try and make time away from it. I mean, I think it's kind of an interesting point, I guess, because I think everyone is maybe coming to this sort of crossroads where we feel like we need to have some sort of intervention in how we react to it and should we just like disappear down this rabbit hole that we don't mm. we don't know where it's going to go really like or uh or should we be holding some classic humanity back and uh having a switch off day or whatever or you know, gosh, no, I, I don't know i mean i think it's personally personally i mean i think in theory the idea of that sounds attractive but i kind of feel like 
I kind of feel like older generations of people, every sort of idea or kind of fear that they've proposed in reaction to the mm. modern age just hasn't really held any water. And every single time I see somebody try to make that case that, oh, today's generation, they're not living life to the fullest. They're <laughs> just with their heads buried in their phones and blah, 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 blah. When, you know, the fact of the matter is that's what the previous generation said about every other generation's new technology yeah. and and like you were just saying you know should we go down that rabbit hole i mean every other generation did and so True. far right now so far right now i'm not seeing any kind of you know impending danger but uh, i don't know well, how do you deal with it do you have a sort of shut off period or anything i mean i guess uh i guess i guess my excuse and my 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 reasoning behind it all is um is that social media and just the internet is like my job you mm. know <laughs> yeah, yeah so like whenever i'm on the internet it's because it's my job yeah um but you know when i'm taking personal time i'm usually pretty careful about just you know not spending too much time on the internet but the thing is um when when i'm spending time you know away from my job uh you know, I often end up in front of, you know, maybe like another screen or something. Maybe I'm watching a movie with yeah. my wife or something like that, you know. Um, I mean, yesterday I was at a wedding and that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I had a very good time not being on social media at the wedding. Uh, so, I mean, you know, when I, I make sure to take personal time and just take time off of work. It just so happens that most of my time off of work also sort of involves no social media because to be on social media would be would mean to be doing work yeah, yeah you know so i mean i guess me allowing it to be my job has kind of allowed me to sort of put kind of a natural wall there because mm. people don't want to be working all the time uh but for people who social media is kind of like an escape and something that is recreational maybe you know the their interaction with it can be way different from mine yeah i mean i think i think it's all good really it's just i try and I try and, uh, in terms of real life relationships or whatever, I do. I, mean, I do have a bit of a rule system of. And I think if you're interacting with someone, say you're at a dinner or whatever, and that's meant to be a time for just some old school human interaction, actually looking at sure. each other, then that's. I mean, maybe I get a bit annoyed about phones coming out at that point. Um, but yeah, but then in the just whole thing of like everyone's stressing about like having time to wind down and you always hear about these theories about i don't know like the sensory uh what a phone's doing to your brain just before you go to sleep or like everyone falling asleep watching things and stuff like that having netflix up in the background and all that and i'm a mm -hmm. bit i'm a bit skeptical about it if that's worth worrying about but yeah i think it's just making sure that it doesn't step over the line into distracting from actual human relationship away from the screen uh, yeah that's the only thing that i think i try and actively keep i guess all right so i mean there's there's a lot of modern contextual stuff here that's kind of you know inspiring your music and inspiring your lyrics um but but obviously there's there's a strong i guess musical component to what's uh inspiring what you do as well and i mean i i personally feel like a a big hunk of that comes from the world of of r&b contemporary r&b mm. uh and there's quite a few alternative r&b ar artists out there that take such a i guess a moody 
cavernous, just reverb soaked kind of minimalist approach, you know, whereas you're so maximal about it, but it feels like you're still kind of staying true to the genre as far as like a lot of the vocal lines you're writing. I mean, some of the stuff that I hear on this record reminds me of, you know, just like commercial radio friendly R and B tracks that I remember growing up with in high school, but they're kind of just updated with these, with this really wacky production. And, um, I don't know. It just kind of seems like you're so deep into something so incredibly experimental, but you're, you're recreating and referencing something that is so commercial and kind of innocent and simplistic. I think it's meant to be a, a little bit of a pop art type thing and just like mm-hmm. redisplaying some of that, um, a little bit of the nineties Max Martin thing, like whether it be Backstreet Boys and sync, that sort of. Yes, you know, exactly. That. Like there, there were lines on there where, <laughs> I was telling my wife, I was like, this sounds like a freaking Backstreet Boys chat. Yeah, 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 no, it's, it's intentional. It's just like this idea of this sugar-coated thing being put through vicious blender and just totally, I don't know, reconstructed into something hideous and ugly and then, you know, the beauty in the ugliness or whatever. Um, I, I'm sort of curious as to kind of what that era of music was like in the uk because i mean i'm i mean i'm I'm, i remember what it was like in america because a lot of those groups are manufactured in america and not that there weren't a lot of those groups in the uk i mean you guys had the spice girls over there who were you know one of the most monstrous girl groups of (laughs) of that decade um but uh but yeah it just kind of seems like the uh the the music is very very well aware and very obviously referencing like the last era of boy bands and girl groups that, yeah, that I mean, were out there. Backstreet Boys were huge over here. I think hmm. NSYNC not quite as much, maybe, but... Um, but Backstreet not... Boys definitely had more hits over yeah, here. Yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, but then, you know, Justin Timberlake and his solo thing was yes. like, huge internationally, obviously, so, I mean, that, I suppose, maybe, a, maybe there are, like, not that intentionally, but his like justified us his record in it. Yeah, like hmm. some of the stuff off that, I suppose, Crimea River or that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, what else? I mean, a lot of it just comes back to just classic things like Michael Jackson or like hmm. uh, lesser extent Prince, maybe. But yeah, Michael Jackson's a massive one for me, and it's not like I would ever think that I could sing or perform in that way. But I mean, I've I've had more of a indie sort of grungy background maybe at one point like you know i was more of a grunder in my adolescence than anything so going through different phases of how i wanted to use my voice and that get into this project i was like well could i do that and like make it work so i'll give it a go and i mean i tried to have it filtered through um a few other sort of vocal influences as well i guess i mean maybe i don't know what I mean, almost like a Devendra Banhart thing I was into at one point, you know, the, the sort of fluttery kind of stuff or, hmm. um, yeah, I don't know, all sorts of things. But it's just the, the, the idea of can, can I get away with this? <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, yeah. I, I think that's an interesting question to ask yourself in the internet age because it just kind of seems like everybody's getting away with everything now. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Um, so, so am I to understand that a lot of these artists, you know, kind of, kind of that boy band stuff, a lot of that sort of large arena sized pop stuff, is that something that you sort of came to understand and appreciate the artistry of later once you kind of got through this 
grunge phase uh, in in your adolescence? Um, no, no, I definitely have like always liked a lot of everything. Um, mm. Did um did that little alert just come through just then? Did, did you hear a noise? Oh, I didn't hear a noise. Oh, that's no. cool. I was just checking if I needed to like mute something somewhere. Um, yeah, no, I, I've definitely been into a lot of everything my whole life, and even even when I was having maybe a heavy Sonic Youth phase or something, there'd still be some. I don't know. Oh, would be a good example. Well, yeah, any of that stuff we were just talking about, or um, then I mean, there's hip hop happened in a big way, not like in life, like for my, it's in my life, and I like got into that in a much bigger way. Even though I'd sure. always had a sort of a passing interest in it, I think that was one of the last, if, you know, as a genre or whatever thing that I, I got into. In a more well, just, well, just so way. I can get a, just so I can get a grip of sort of when you might have been into certain radio trends. How old are you now? Um, I don't like to talk about that. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Just just in general, um, like biographic stuff. I just no, that's left, that's 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 completely this, fine. Yeah. That's completely fine. Um, I, I guess I'm just sort of curious because just kind of this. Uh, uh, and I don't know if this is sort of different uh, in in the UK. You can certainly tell me if that's the case. Uh, but I feel like this this wide enjoyment of you know each genre kind of um, with with no sort of uh, uh, barriers um, you know as to certain genres being not music, not as musical as other genres uh, is is something. You know that I see more and more in this newer generation of music listeners than I did with people who I remember growing up with in high school. Who, you know, you had your people who were very, very, very much rock centric and didn't want to hear anything that wasn't rock music, and you had your people who were very, very pop centric and didn't want to be hearing anything that wasn't pop. And a lot of the people who were into the underground stuff had a lot of animosity toward a lot of the pop stuff on the radio, and the people who were into hip hop didn't really want to venture too far outside of that realm either. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's what it felt like for me. I think it was a lot more tribal, and you had to make your alliance with one thing or the other. Mm -hmm. I think I definitely tried to stay out of that in a way, and I just I just kept my head down, didn't want to be bothered, so didn't particularly, you know, if you were into like new metal or whatever, then you know you would be asking to have stuff thrown at you or whatever, just walking around. So uh, I. I guess I always did my own sort of quiet thing, but in general, um, yeah, I, I feel like things have changed in that sense. And I, I guess it's coming back to the internet, isn't it? Like you can just cherry pick from so much different stuff. It's not like, you know, maybe you're trying to get your cues from one particular magazine or one radio show or whatever. It's when it's when it's coming from everywhere. I guess it's no surprise that people's um, identities maybe aren't quite as driven by genre, I'd hope, but I don't know. That's how it feels to me anyway. Yeah, it just kind of seems like there's no real um, sort of, uh, uh, I guess, investment on that tribal level when it comes to getting into things anymore, when it comes to getting into certain genres of music. Yeah, or and there's pros and cons into... of that, aren't there? Because, yeah, yeah no. It's well, just I mean, I feel, like one of the pros, I feel like one of the pros is that uh, at, at least, you know, and, and you could build off of this. I mean, I feel like at least one of the pros is that uh, at least there's more openness to different ideas to an extent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, it's hard enough to get people to like listen to my album, but I think maybe if this was, you know, 10 years ago, it'd be even worse because it just, it, 
it literally you can't put it on any shelf in the record shop or whatever like it's it doesn't fit in a genre um but thankfully i think there's a there's a lot of other people do it with the same sort of ideas and that they're getting away with it as well and yeah no, people are more open-minded um and they'll listen to it but because there's so much other stuff it doesn't mean they're going to listen to it for long so well i i had it i had an interesting conversation with this uh with this uh maryland band uh dope body and we were talking about sort of a similar thing and uh, uh, how the inter- how the internet gives us so much access to so many interesting and alternative things. But kind of their answer to that was that it also gives you access to way more candy mm. than, than, it, than you ever had access to before too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think as a musician, I should be trying to give more time to things, but I, I kind of hate myself for it, but I am doing the same thing. I'm, like, I'm, I'm hopping around all the time and, Everybody is digesting music the same way now. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's interesting in a way, like from an artistic perspective, and how can we bend to, uh, not not in a bad compromising way, but what opportunities artistically are there for uh, reframing and restructuring music into, like you know, say a vine or whatever, like you know, suddenly having was it seven seconds or whatever, like and mm-hmm. people, you know. People making interesting stuff out of those limitations. Maybe even though it's not as defined in terms of music, we are just going to have to start making thirty-second tracks. Right? <laughs> be interesting. Well, it it kind of seems like that is that 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 might be the case. But at least from my personal standpoint, with all the albums that I've covered this year, I feel like so many records are getting longer. Mm. I mean, your record is very long. I felt like uh, another very popular record from this uh, year, the new Kendrick Lamar record, is yeah. very long. I've had a good handful of, of relatively popular and buzzed about records that I had to review that were 90 minutes in length. The new Prurient record, the new Titus Andronicus record, the new Kamasi Washington record was three hours long. Um, uh, there's another one that I'm probably forgetting as well, the new Iron Maiden record. Uh, I kind of feel yeah. like the digital age has also allowed us to just print and create as much music we feel like printing and creating and a lot of artists are kind of taking advantage of that well I think maybe some of that is a bit of a backlash from yeah, what we're just talking about with the, the short attention spans and that um when you know full well that you're only gonna you're gonna get a handful of singles that are going to come out to like promote a record and you're lucky if anyone's going to listen to it for more than 10 seconds so like, do that but then in the background of that it gives you almost more freedom to do whatever the hell you want with your, your full length piece you know you can it's almost like i'm assuming that most people are never going to listen to it so i can just do whatever i want with it and sort of totally make it self-indulgent or whatever it doesn't matter but then on the other hand you've got the uh, just the idea that it is so open-ended from a technical standpoint as in you know a a record had to fit on vinyl or whatever and then it Mm -hmm. cds came out and everyone's putting out 80 minute records or um you know whatever what the limitations are i can't remember but um yeah all these overblown like dance albums and electronic albums and stuff that went on forever and then now it's like having it infinite or whatever i guess it you're getting a lot of shorter albums as well like say the mac demarco or whatever like mm-hmm. um things coming out that barely qualify for a for an album or whatever but you know that gets away with it and it's cool and it works in that context i suppose with with my thing it was like well I mean, it's not even that long, is it? It's just over an hour. I guess it's just because yeah, there's a, yeah. lot, a lot of tracks. But, I mean, yeah, it's just why not? Like, pff, might as well. There's no limitations. So whatever works. 
where where do you see yourself sort of fitting into this other trend that I'm seeing a lot lately? I think a lot of artists sort of feel this pressure to be coming out with something constantly and sort of continually contributing to this whole, you know, I guess over cluttered internet that we're dealing with currently simply because, uh, uh, sort of constantly saying something and constantly doing something and constantly releasing something means more opportunities for them to kind of engage with their fan base and for people to stumble across them. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely up against that a bit myself and I think as in like being encouraged and pushed to keep putting out new stuff. Like I think it's just because of maybe, less money in the industry or whatever as in mm. maybe people could afford to disappear for a, a couple of years 10 15 20 years ago or whatever and come back with the next record on the next cycle or whatever but that doesn't really exist anymore i think you're in a pretty fortunate position if you can afford to disappear for a while um and then my position i'm you know, being very much encouraged to just all right, let's get the next thing together quick and keep let's keep up the momentum let's stay quote unquote visible and uh you know, I mean, it's fine by me because I, luckily, I guess I am just constantly creative in one capacity or another anyway. Um, but yeah, there definitely is a pressure to to keep it going at all times. And it's been in terms of uh, music's fine, but in terms of like social media and stuff like that, I, I'm not the most natural at that kind of thing. So I'm having to, not like I'm having to, but I'm training myself to be a bit more in that mindset but Hmm. i don't know some people it comes so naturally to doesn't it but maybe maybe yourself i don't know (laughs) uh sort of asking a few more questions uh just you know just a couple more left Uh, i wanted to ask you sort of about the uh the musical future of this project and since you're you know saying that you're always kind of creating where do you kind of see things conceptually and just kind of stylistically with the project going in the future because uh you know like you were saying earlier uh musically it's so uncategorizable and um projects that are so uncategorizable it's kind of difficult to project the trajectory of them because you know where where do you when, when something is so out of place you know where does it even go from there i mean you know it certainly seems to reflect all of these elements of pop music to an extent and i guess it could either get more accessible and become clearer and become maybe a little bit more readable or it could go further down that you know experimental rabbit hole but Mm. outside of that it just kind of seems like anything sort of fair game yeah i think i've i've taken a bit of time from finishing the album to i've done some like a couple of different projects um may or may not actually see the light of day but just to sort of cleanse the palette a little bit um and, and mull over what i want to do next and i'm only just recently sort of putting together more concrete things that could be the second album um the, the way my, my instinct with it is that i'd probably just go to the extremes as in the pop stuff, pop tracks would be super accessible and super radio and just see how far I can push that without vomiting on myself, you know. Um, <laughs> and then the experimental stuff, just, just push it so hard and like just totally alienate everyone, <laughs> I don't know, to an almost comic level, you know. I, I don't know, that, that, that's my initial feeling of like maybe where I could take it and have it all going off at the same time, you know. So it's, it's all inside of one record and it just being this mad car crash like 
in a in a more extreme way than the first one was. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, I'm still working that stuff out. And I think another th- almost like what you're saying with um, not being able to work out maybe where things are going with an artist like me. It's I think I, I can keep a consistency if I'm careful about the sounds I'm using and uh, not completely wiping the slate clean and you know doing my rock album or something you know just mm. like keeping enough that keeps it an anchoring with the first album and yeah i think i think i know roughly what i'm gonna do but and yeah. is, is, it, is it safe to say the next record will be out on bella union as well or um i can't really confirm either way at the minute as as i haven't actually done any music for the second record officially yet so i guess mm-hmm. the ball will be in their court further down the line but yeah all right and uh, uh sort of behind this record recently or sort of behind your next record in the future i mean have you been playing behind uh, any of this stuff live as well yet are you planning on doing more live dates behind this stuff and how does you know a live clarence clarity show even go down um, it is a lot more live. I have a full band. Um, we've done a fair, oh, okay. yeah, we've done a, f- a fair bit of live stuff this year, um, but it was kind of like tour supports at the start of the year, and then mm. we just uh, things weren't at the profile, unfortunately, where I could be hitting every festival around the world. So we were just doing as much as we could get on really live festivals every other weekend through the summer, um, and yeah, we just did the last one last night um and that sort of rounded up the the summer season or whatever so now we're just trying to get some things in place for u.s touring actually so yeah i mean and in in terms of setup it's it's real drums um with with some samples involved as well and then we've got um uh mpc and keyboards and bass guitar and yeah it's all it's all live and a bit more punk rock and hmm. where there are sort of guitar elements in the in the music that's 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 brought out like i play guitar and sing and hmm. sort of manipulate my voice live and stuff like that so yeah i didn't i didn't want it to be that you know one guy on a laptop not really sure what he's up to kind of thing like not that i've got anything against that but i thought for my overblown sort of dramatic music that it it, it needed something a bit more visceral i don't know what's the right word i don't know just something a a bit more relatable from an audience point of view i wanted to see them to be able to see something relatable on stage like you know hitting the guitar strings or whatever yeah something a bit more real or whatever because the whole thing's so unreal i don't know i thought we'd anchor it a little bit or something (laughs) bring the unreal into reality yeah exactly yeah yeah i'll go with that All right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, again, thanks for just kind of peeling back the veil a little bit on this new record and talking with me and just uh, uh, letting us in on the creative process and just kind of the future of what you're doing a little bit too. No, thank you. And I very much appreciate getting behind this. It's been it's been really good for exposure and um, yeah. No, hopefully that was insightful to someone somewhere. But um, yeah, (laughs) we'll see. It's all good, dude. Again, thanks for coming on. Have a good one. Yeah. Thank you.